We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Of course, it is Pack-A-Day, 24-7, 365 days a year, right here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you can find it, you got it right here. Of course, we are pretty much the, we're the mecca of sport of sports talk when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. I'm Jake Turner, alongside my partner in crime, 32 years covering the Eagles. He has been a Packer fan pretty much since the day he was born. Mark Eckel, how you doing today, Mark? I'm good, Jake. I'm not sure if it was the day I was born, but not, not long ago. <laughs> well, it was one of those days. I don't know. I had to check with your doctor. Uh, anyway. Actually, it was the day of the ice bowl. You know? Oh, it was the day of the ice bowl. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> that was the first game I really watched in, like, I was only, like, six years old, but I was. it was the first game I ever really watched from start to finish. I watched it with my father and my, my Uncle Joe, who was actually friends with Vince Lombardi, believe it or not. Um so that was kind of in my head, you know, watching the game and him talking about, you know, Coach Lombardi this and Mr. Lombardi that. And, um, you know, obviously it was a great game, came down the last play, and from then on I said, okay, that's what you might like. You got to be pretty excited with uh, Jerry Kramer going into the Hall of yeah, Fame, fine. finally. Jeez. Jeez, 20 years too late Thank there. God Thank God, though, he's still, I mean, I was, you know, hoping it wouldn't be the case where they put him in after he passed away. That would be, that would kind of be, you know, at least he's going to be there, which is great. 
No, absolutely. It's going to be a wonderful weekend for Jerry Kramer, and I mean, especially for all the Packer brethren out there that are just very excited, including me and you. So, speaking about that, uh, a lot has been happening in training camp. Jake Ryan out, torn ACL for the rest of the season. So, it's got us kind of intrigued here. We're going to go down the line here because preseason starts next week for the Green Bay Packers. And we want to start off with, we're going to go back and forth here to the position that we're going to be watching throughout the entire preseason. And then a couple weeks later, at the week four, we'll come back and revisit this. So, Mark, you ready to go? All right. So give us your uh, first position that you're looking at during the preseason. Go. Okay. Mine, um, first thing I'm, I'm going to look at is the right side of the offensive line. Okay. I'm, I'm grouping that, that together as one. Uh, I know Kelsey McCray is going to get the first opportunity at that right guard. It seems like it's his job to lose. Uh, but I want to see what he does. I want to see how, you know, he, he was a good uh, utility man last year. Um, can he be in every down, every game um, starter? Well, that's that's the Packers' hope. Um, but I want to see it. I want to see him. And I, I wouldn't rule out Kyle Murphy. Um, okay. I thought he put a pretty good play. I, I like him a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, he has to stay healthy, obviously. That's been a problem with him. But that could be a little bit of a battle there, so I want to see how he does. So he'll probably get time at both right guard and right tackle. Uh, right tackle, probably the be- if Jake Ryan is the worst news that's come out of camp, probably the best news that's come out of camp is that it looks like Ryan Bilaga, um may start the season, which I didn't, if you told me that a, a month ago, I would have said, no, you're crazy. He's, he's going to miss anywhere from you know, four to eight games. Mm-hmm. No, I. So I mean, that, that's right tackle. I still think you know, if Belag, you know, if and when Belag is healthy, it's his job, obviously. But I, I want to watch Murphy and McCray and uh, Bell, who they picked up from the Cowboys, Jason uh, Spriggs, who's been the you know, the high pick that hasn't pan, panned out. So we'll, you know, I, I'm going to look at the right side of the line. That, that's my number one. All right. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, having Brian Belaga back in camp so early, that's big for them. I mean, he was the second best player on the offensive line, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, last year. I'm going to go with one that has been just a pain in the side for the last couple of years. I'm going defensive back. I'm watching this thing like a hawk. I mean, the Packers were 31st in scoring defense last year. They were one of the worst pass defenses. And I want to see what Jair Alexander... Josh Jackson can do during those nickel and dime defenses. What is Kevin King? I mean, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is Tremont Williams as good as he was last year? So, I mean, that's something you've got to be definitely watching for here because now it's a new regime in uh, defense with Mike Pettin. So you want to look at this from that point of view and wonder to yourself, you know, who's going to be doing this? So, I mean, if it's not going to be Kevin King, is Jair Alexander going to step up? Is Josh Jackson going to step up? And just to see how much pressure they take off of Josh Jones, who was amazingly versatile last year, but we know that we want to try and keep him from being as versatile this year. I, you know, that was my number two, Jake. So that, you, you stole my number two. That's okay. Oh. I agree with you. I, I agree with you that the defensive backfield is. And I think I think Packer fans are going to be pleasantly surprised by the new look of the secondary. I mm-hmm. I think Alexander is going to be a, a very good player. I mean, yep. he doesn't have the great size that you'd like, but he, but he makes up for it, I think, with his leaping ability, uh, his toughness. Um, he has great ball skills. I think that was a great pick. I really do. I, yeah. I like that pick a lot, where they got, especially where they got him, mm-hmm. uh, getting the extra number one next year out of it. I think Jackson 
it was, was a tremendous second round pick. I mean, to get him where they got him in the second round, I, I mean, two picks, they, I think they may have fixed what was, a, a, as you pointed out, a very major problem last year. And then you have Kevin King, who is finally healthy after, you know, he played last year, played hurt, uh, then finally went on IR. Um, I think those three young guys are going to re- remind Packer, old-time Packer fans of the of the old Craig Newsom, um, Ooh. Doug Evans, and um, McKenzie, when the three of them were young guys. And Newsom, if you remember, that might be a little bit be, be, before you, but I'm sure you, you know who he is. Oh, no, I know all about Craig Newsom. Right, okay. right, you're <laughs> uh, but he was coming into his own before that. He had a terrible injury that ended his career. But I, I think the Packers now have three good young quarterbacks and a great mentor in Tremont Williams, and another one in Devon House. I think, I think both of those veterans being back and being there is only going to help those young kids get, get better and better. Good call there. All right, Mark, let's, uh, since I stole yours unfairly, I'm so okay. sorry I, about I, that. Let's go to my number three. Then. Yeah, right. let's go. Um, my number three is the obvious one. It's inside linebacker. And, you know, that would take Ryan out. Mm-hmm. That, it really opens that spot next to Blake Mart- Martinez. Um, you know, it opens that up, and I think you're going to see a lot. You know, you're, we're going to see a lot of young guys, guys we've never seen before. Um, Oren Brooks, the third round, or Burks, the third round pick mm-hmm. um, from Vanderbilt, will get the first crack, I think. Um, Ahmad Thomas has been, been, from what we read, has been looking good in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get, and then what we, what we really want to know is, are any of these guys? And I think we'll know after probably the second preseason game. Do the Packers are the Packers okay with with what they have, or are they going to go out go out and have to either sign a veteran on the street like a Navarro Bowman maybe, mm-hmm. um, or, or or trade for one? The Packers do have some picks. They have some. They have they have some depth at other spots that they may be able to move. Yeah. Um, to, to get an inside linebacker, or this is my own little out on the limb move here. I think Clay Matthews is going to see a lot of time at inside linebacker. I think one of the outside guys, Vince Beagle maybe, uh, Reggie Gilbert, I think they might show enough that they belong on the field mm-hmm. at outside, and you, and, you, and, you, and you can move Clay, Clay inside where, if you remember, he played there. He played very well inside linebacker uh, a few years back when they had to put him there. So I, and, I, and I think at his age, he may be better, he almost might be better suited in, in, inside right now where, where he doesn't have to have that, you know, that pressure on him as the outside guy going in and getting, you know, 15 sacks a year. I, I could agree with you more. Um, I really like what you're saying about Clay Matthews, but I'm going to throw another guy in there. Uh, Vince Beagle has history yeah. of playing playing middle linebacker oh, okay. for the Wisconsin Badgers, knows that position pretty well, so they can mix him in. I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty much a free-for-all now at the inside linebacker position now with uh, Jake Ryan being out during the preseason. So, I, I like where you're coming from here, Mark. I really do. So it'll be fun to watch. I, I mean, that's right up there for what I want to see. Because again, a lot of the guys that we're going to see, we haven't seen before. Whether it's Burks, whether it's Thomas, whether it's Beagle, we really didn't. I mean, we didn't really see Beagle last year. Mm-hmm. And what we did see was an injured version of him. I mean, you probably saw more of them maybe at Wisconsin. Um, yep. But I mean, you know, true Packer fans that don't watch Wisconsin, like myself, um, <laughs> we really don't know much about this people, other than that the Packers really like them last year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what could happen there. I don't think anything has been more intriguing, though, than the running back spot. You didn't have that on your list, did you? No, I didn't. 
Okay, good. All right. Whew. But, it's, but it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Aaron Jones out for two games right now. Can Devontae Mays, he's going to have some opportunity during the preseason to really run the rock. Is he going to be able to fix those fumbling uh, problems that he had last year? Uh, he wasn't very strong between the tackles. And Jamal Williams really stepped up big time last year. Yeah, he only had four touchdowns, but he only played in seven games. Five, excuse me, he only played in seven games that actually meant something. 556 yards, four touchdowns. If he could get the yards per carry up a little bit, I think that will help. Because then when Aaron Jones comes back from his two-game suspension, that'll take the pressure off Williams. He can be the guy that can run between the tackles. They can use uh, Jones as the guy to on the half-bat draw because he's so quick uh, uh, right from the backside. So that's an intriguing one I'm watching for, too. And Ty Montgomery, how much are they going to truly put in with him or are we going to go back to the slot position with him? So, yeah, there's a lot of intrigue with the running back position. Yes, there is. And I like all the guys. I, again, I don't want to sound like the, the fan homer guy here, but <laughs> I like both. I, I like all three, really. I, I mm-hmm. like Williams. I like I like the Williams Jones combination a real lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go way now. I don't. I know you're not old enough to, to, to remember this. Okay. I'm barely old enough for this. But I'm gonna, I, I compare them to John Brockington and MacArthur Lane. John Brockington? <laughs> Do you remember that? You don't remember that, right? 1970s, early 80s. Um, yeah, I 19, wasn't born, but they, I watched a lot of NFL they, films. They, they, they actually made the playoffs um, with that duo. There was, was one of the few good years in between Bart Starr and Brett Favre. They had no quarterback. They had Scott Hunter, a quarterback. He was yeah. for about 100 yards a game. Yeah. And the two of them would run for about 100 yards each, so... It was, it was a weird, it, by today's standard, it was totally unpatterned. Like, but mm-hmm. um, I like, I, I think Williams is that, you know, tough. Uh, you, you mentioned his yards per carry, but I think a lot of that is down because he carried a lot on the third and ones where they just wanted to get a yard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. It was third and one. He, he doesn't need to get more than one or two yards. That, that you know, moved to change. Uh, Jones showed you that he can be explosive. He can do a lot of good things. And Montgomery, I think we're going to see him everywhere. Yep. Um, you know, I think you can line him up in the backfield in the slot, put him in motion, put him out wide. They'll do a lot of his versatility is going to be something that defensive coordinators are going to have to be be worried about a little bit. Mays, I don't like guys that fumble. Me so neither. I mean, he could he could fumble his way off the team if, if you know if he finds it. You know, and Mike you know Mike McCarthy isn't going to put up with that either. As no. we all know. All right, let's uh, go on to your okay, next my, one. My next one, we'll, we'll stay on offense. Okay. And I'm going to bring up the um, the depth of wide receiver, the young wide receiver. Um, we have, we all know Devontae Adams mm-hmm. is going to be the number one wide receiver out, out wide. We know uh, yes. Randall Cobb will be in the slot. Other than that, we don't know. I mean, you got Geronimo Allison, who is the incumbent, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. He's been there a couple years now, so he's he's got a shot. Um but they drafted three guys mm-hmm. uh, in the what, fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. So all of them are going to get long looks. Um, Trevor Davis Adi, is still there, so I mean, he's, you know, <laughs> he'll be in the mix. I don't think he'll be there when the season opens. But no, um, I don't either. He, he's there now, and, pre- and again, if he's so good, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Trevor Davis guy, but um, I do want to see uh, Javon Moore, um, who I, you know, again from reading the. The training camp re- reports uh, is looking every bit as good as the Packers thought he was when they drafted him. He had good size, great speed. Um, his problem in college was he did drop some. 
on he, and he has to fix that obviously mm-hmm. uh, but I want to see I, I, I mean it's going to be interesting to see just where they all fall in the place there who's going to be three four five who makes the team who doesn't make the team do all three rookies make it yeah. um, they may now I mean I, I, I got a feeling it, it could be um, if they keep six it would be and obviously Adams Cobb Allison and the three three rookies but that's something I, I want to see and again a lot of it is going to come down to special teams mm-hmm. um, as we as we've seen I know Kev Canis was on the team for four or five years basically because he was a very good special teams player yes so if one of these rookies shows that they could be a good gunner uh, you know be, be good in punt coverage kickoff coverage they can earn a spot on the team as well so I'll be looking at the at the young wide receivers especially Jamon Moore yeah, Jamal Moore has been pretty intriguing. Also, the guy out of LSU, D'Angelo Yancey. Uh, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, right. Yeah, Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling. But Yancey's been really doing some good stuff right now. They got him currently on ourlads.com. They got him in the uh, second spot, only behind Devontae Adams. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens during the preseason with this. I'm really excited because I'm really glad you brought up the wide receiver depth because I got to see – Outside of Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, who's going to be that third receiver, that fourth receiver, and really step up their game? I got something very intriguing for you. I think this one's going to come out of left field. But second quarterback, okay? Oh, that was my way. I was saving that. Oh, you're kidding me. No, that's good, though. Oh, you're kidding me. That's okay. All right. Well, great uh, great minds think alike here on Pack-A-Day. All right, Brent Hundley last year, I felt like I was watching the Nintendo version of Duck Hunt when I saw him throw a football. Nine touchdowns, 12 interceptions. His confidence was not there. Maybe with Jill Philbin coming in as offensive coordinator, Frank Mancuso coming in as quarterback's coach, they might have an oppor- they might have a way to really lighten up uh, Brent Hundley enough to the point where he could possibly become a trading chip in 2019. But I also want to see what the fascination is with Deshaun Kaiser. 11 touchdowns, 22 interceptions last year. He's coming over to Green Bay. Different coach, different scheme. And he's going to have to be that pocket passer that they want him to be. So I think in about the dress rehearsal, I want to see who is going to be behind Aaron Rodgers because in case he does go down, what is that going to mean? Also, I've heard this guy out of Kentucky, Tim Boyle, has also been stepping up a little bit. So I'm very curious to see who is going to back up Aaron Rodgers at that number two spot. Well, I think I know. Okay. <laughs> not, that I, not that I have a pipeline right into the Packers front office there, but Kaiser's their, their guy. Okay. Um, the first move that, that the new general manager made was, was going out and getting him. Yes. Um, Mike McCarthy says in his opening press conference or whatever it was that um, if Kaiser would, would, would have stayed and been in this year's draft, he would have been a short first rounder. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all I know, but my my this is just my opinion. I like to you know we're doing all just our podcast, so it's, it's it's our opinions. Right. I like Kaiser. I like them. I remember uh, I was still writing for NJ.com, but I did mm-hmm. my draft series. Um, that was the last the last time I actually did a whole draft series that that year, mm-hmm. and scouts told me about Kaiser, and it almost it was almost unanimous. I talked about four or five scouts, and it was almost unanimous that he should have gone back to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He, he, he came out a year t- too early. Obviously, he had some problems with with, with Brian Kelly. Uh, they didn't see eye to eye on some some things, so he left early. Um, and then almost again, four out of five all said he needs to go to a team 
where he doesn't have to play, where he could sit and watch and learn behind a good veteran. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen. Not yet. <laughs> he went to the worst possible team that he, that he could have gone to last year, the Cleveland Browns. They, it wasn't a good team, obviously. There was no veteran for him to sit behind and learn and watch, so he had to play. When he, when he should have been, been playing at Notre Dame last year, not at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So that, I throw that whole year out. I throw his numbers out. I, I just wash that away. Now he's where he was supposed to be from the beginning, on a team where he doesn't have to play, where he could sit, watch, and learn from not just a veteran, but the best, you know, I'll say the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Tom Brady's right there, too, obviously. But mm-hmm. it does, now, I mean, Deshaun Kaiser went from the worst situation he could have possibly been into to maybe the best, right? I mean, yeah. he, he's in a perfect spot for him now, for himself now. I think Kaiser's going to turn into a I think in that offense, with that coaching staff, with Aaron Rodgers, I think down the road he's going to turn in. He might be the best quarterback out of that at that draft, and I'm gonna and I'm saying that on purpose just to get Bears fans mad because he might just turn out to be better than the guy <laughs> that they traded a bunch of picks to move up one spot and take. And I'm not even gonna say his name. Yes, yeah. but the kid from North Carolina. Oh, oh, shots fired! I like it because he's overrated. That kid, I'll tell you right now. Uh, well, we'll find out with Matt Nagy now over there. So we're gonna get our first shot at it. So. We're going to get our I first shot. Not like the Bears' first-round pick this year. He still hasn't signed. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, no, I wouldn't would, would, would you If the Bears drafted you, would, would, would you be in a hurry to sign? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> All right. Any, any shots we could take at the Bears? Well, yeah. Right. All right, Mark, let's go on to your next one. Well, you took my last. Oh, well, thank now. you. So I'm, I'm going to throw, I'm gonna throw a, a real off-the-wall one at you. All right. Special teams. Okay. Special teams in general, which is always a, a vastly important part of a team that sometimes goes overlooked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as Packer fans, we know they could be great and win a Super Bowl for you like Desmond Howard did. Or they could be really bad and, and cost the games like we've seen, you know, up until the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, new punter, rookie punter, who apparently has just been sensational in, in training camp. J.K. Scott. Uh, J.K. Scott from Alabama. Yep. Um, so we got a new punter. Um, a new long snapper, another draft pick. Yep. Um, not that the people watch long snaps. Hunter Bradley. If, if, if he was good enough to, to be drafted, you know, <clears> I want, they, they should, there shouldn't be any bad snaps, right? And then just special teams in general. Who's going to be the kick returner? Um, who's going to be the punt returner? Is, mm-hmm. is, is it still? I mean, is it still Davis's job? Or uh, I'd like to see Ty Montgomery back there. Uh, especially if he's not going to be the main running back, let's let's get him back on on, on returns. Okay. Uh, and then how how are the cover teams? They they did lose a key uh, cover man in, in Jeff Janis, uh, but I think they, I think there's enough good depth on this team, both in the secondary and a, and a line and some backup linebackers, uh, and that's where that's usually where the core of your, your special teams come from. So I think the special I think the Packers special teams this year could be to the point where. They can win. They, you know, they can win a couple games for the Packers this, this year, both by altering field position okay. and breaking a couple long, long returns. Interesting. Yeah, I really I don't. That out there. I really don't have much to and say again, about that. I, I think you said everything I was thinking. Time to watch these guys because you'll see them out there a lot. You know? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go a little bit off the wall here, too, because everybody thinks, oh, we're okay here, but I say defensive end is something to watch for because now you got Muhammad Wilkerson coming in from 
and getting a one-year, $5 million contract. Kenny Clark, is he going to have that breakout year? Uh, we talked about it on, actually, a couple of shows ago about Kenny Clark. I really think this guy is vastly underrated. He's going to step up big time this year. Dean Lowry, is he going to be able to switch in okay with Wilkerson, mix it up with James Looney, Montreus uh, Adams out of Auburn? I mean, these are a lot of guys that are just looking to see if they can get a little piece of Penton's schemes coming up here uh, in preseason. So that's something I want to definitely look at as well. Yeah, I think this defensive line could be really, really good. I mean, okay. I, mean it's, I, it, it's just, I think it's the strength, other than quarterback, mm-hmm. I think it's the strength of the team. I really do. I think you have three guys that you mentioned, three guys you mentioned at the starters, Wilkinson, uh, Clark, and you mentioned Mike Daniels. I, think, I mean, I, all, all three won't go because it's just the way the, the, the nature of the game, but all three of them could be Pro Bowl players. I mean, two of them already have. Right. Daniels has been a Pro Bowl player. Uh, Wilkinson was when he was with the Jets. Um, and I think Clark might be better to both of them. And he's only, what, 22 years old now? I That's mean, correct. Young I, you know, I think Clark is going to be a, a star. I really do. I, mm. I, I think he's going to be a star in, in, in this league. And playing with those other two guys, I mean, that's you're going to see a different – and in this new defense, I think we, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, this defense, the defensive linemen are allowed to do things. They're allowed to go get sacks and get pressures yep. and do as opposed to the, the old defense under Tom Capers where they were basically traffic. I mean, they did some things, but it was more like, you know, I mean, that's the old Steeler defense where mm-hmm. the, the, the three down linemen are, are kind of traffic cops. They, they tie things up and let the linebackers make, make all the plays. Yeah. Well, here, no. These guys are, are going to make plays. If you got three legitimate playmakers up, up front, I think. And, and like hey, you mentioned, Dean Lowry, who has, if he's your fourth guy, that's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good one, and, and and if Adams can be a decent five, that's that's that that's that's nice. That's a nice tandem right there. All right, Mark, let's go with your uh, final position. No, well, that was we we did them all. Oh, we did. Do, <laughs> did we do them all? Did we yeah, do them? I don't have any left because you took my you, you used a couple of mine, so <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> Okay, that's all I'm watching. I'm not watching anything well, we could definitely go on for days here, but you know what? We're just a little cracked up for time here. But, of course, uh, he's Mark Eckel, uh, 32 years running for the Philadelphia Eagles, longtime Packer fan, as you've heard at the beginning of the show. If you didn't, you got to hear his story about the Ice Bowl. Uh, it was uh, pretty uh, much something great. And also, not to mention, Jay, I don't, don't want to leave this out. I, yeah. I, I no longer cover the Eagles for NJ.com, but I bombedagainfootball.com. Yes, you do. Which is coming back. And we'll be back uh, on September 1st. Yes, and uh, we might uh, be able to get that uh, on another show there. So, uh, But anyway, uh, so also let's also tell the audience, too, that uh, for the next couple weeks uh, we won't be doing Pack-A-Day. However, we're going to be doing a bonus of it. Uh, you'll be joining me on my podcast next week. Sure. So. Yes, I will. All right, so we'll so and, and we'll have a Packer game to talk about it. Oh yes, absolutely. Yep, that's that's the key right there. That's why we do turning points on Fridays here. So when uh, Pack a Day doesn't have us, we will ha- definitely have bonus uh, for you as well here. So for Mark Eckel, I'm Jake Turner. This was your Pack a Day for the day, and you have yourself a wonderful afternoon, Packer fans. We'll see you next time. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over, gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 10!
winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's hot. What did it caught? It is caught for a touchdown. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.